Good morning, River Church. Uh, it's time to put down those cereal bowls. Uh, come running out of the bathroom from brushing your teeth. It's time to get ready for church. We want to welcome you uh, to this Facebook Live Church. We've done Facebook Live before, but we've never done Facebook Live Church exclusively. So uh, we're pioneers. Uh, we want to welcome you. Welcome to any visitors who might be with us this morning, tuning in for the first time. Uh, even though we can't be together, uh, you're not used to watching church at home. We're not used to singing and preaching to an empty building. The Spirit of God, I believe, can still be here and can still work in our lives and through our lives. So we welcome you to join with us in worship. It, it might feel weird to, to worship at home, to sing at home, but I invite you to do that. I invite you to, to follow along with the sermon at home, look up the scriptures at home as we're talking about them, to amen at home. Uh, engage today with the service. Let's make the best of this that we possibly can. I would encourage you during the service, if you have any prayer requests, to type them at the bottom of the feed. We're going to have a time of prayer over those prayer requests during the service today. So, so during worship this morning, if, you, if there's something that you need prayer for, um, I invite you to do that and we will pray with you about that. Uh, like I said, this is different. We're not used to this, but we're going to get through it together. Amen? Amen. I'm going to read a scripture to you this morning. And it says, Oh, give thanks unto the Lord, for he is good, for his mercy endureth forever. We're going to give thanks to the Lord this morning. So I invite you at home to join in with us as we sing, to, to close your eyes, to raise your hands, to, to praise the Lord right there at home with us. Won't you do that with us? as we sing and worship the Lord together. Amen. Lord, you are good and your mercy endure it forever. You are good and your mercy endureth forever. People from every nation and tongue, from generation to generation, we worship you. Your mercy endureth forever. Lord, you are good, and your mercy endureth forever. People from every nation and tongue, from generation to generation, we worship you. Singing hallelujah, hallelujah, we worship you for who you are. We worship you. Singing hallelujah, hallelujah, we worship you for who you are. And you are good. 
31, 38 through 39 says, What shall we say about such wonderful things as these? If God is for us, who can ever be against us? And I'm convinced that nothing can ever separate us from God's love. Neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither our fears for, to, for today or our worries about tomorrow. Not even the powers of hell can separate us from God's love. No power in the sky above or in the earth below. Indeed, nothing, nothing in all creation will ever, ever be able to separate us from the love of God that is revealed in Christ Jesus our Lord. You are matchless in grace and mercy. There is nowhere we can hide from your love. You are steadfast, never failing. You are faithful. All creation is in all of who you are. You're the healer of the sick and the broken. You are comfort for every heart and loss. Our King, our Savior, forever. For eternity, we will sing of all you've done. And for eternity, we will sing of all you've done. Where there was 
God, we pray to you, humble ourselves again. Lord, would you hear our cry? Lord, would you heal our land? That every eye will see, that every heart will know, the one who took our sin, the one who died and rose. So God, we pray to you, humble ourselves again. online in your your living room or your bed or at your kitchen table let's echo this all together we're we're asking god to heal our land and in a time like this it seems like everything's crazy we've never experienced anything like this before but we know that he has the power over this whole situation we know that he's in control over this whole situation so as a church we may not be together but as a church we are together and so sing with us this morning. Make this your prayer this morning with us. So God, we pray. So God, we pray to you. Humble ourselves again. Lord, would you hear our cry? Lord, would you heal our land? That
Lord, we cry out to you right now. Lord, we lift up our nation to you, our city to you, our state to you, our, our, our officials to you. Lord, we lift up those who are, who are making decisions, Lord, who, who, who are on the front lines fighting this disease. Lord, these are strange and troubled times, but I pray that you would give strength to the doctors and to the nurses and to the EMTs and to those who are fighting on the front lines. Lord, I pray for those who are developing vaccines, who are working against this disease. Lord, I pray for those who are infected with this disease, who are having trouble breathing, who are, who have, who are running fevers, who are, whose kidneys are being shut down. God, I pray that you would do a work. Lord, we're asking you to intervene. We're asking you to show up in a mighty way. We're asking you, Lord. We're seeking you. We're seeking you as a people, as a church, as the River Church. Lord, we are seeking your guidance. We are seeking your hand at this time. Lord, we need you. God, we need you. God, would you speak to us? God, would you give us direction? God, would you show us the way? Would you make the path clear? God, help us to turn our anxieties over to you. Help us to turn our fears over to you. Help us to trust you. Help us to fall on our knees at this time and reach out to you. God, we need you. God, we need you. God, we've got to have you. Just like Jacob wrestled with you and said, I won't let you go. God, that's how I feel this morning. God, we need you. God, I'm not going to let you go. God, I'm going to hold on to you. God, we hold on to you this morning. We reach out to you this morning. We find our hope and our strength in you this morning. And in you alone. God, come. Lord, come. Lord, we need you. I'd like to sing that one more time. Spirit of God, breathe on your church. Church, if there's ever a time for us to be filled with the Spirit, if there's ever a time for us to be filled with the love of Jesus, if there's ever a time for us to be filled with the mercy and the love of Jesus Christ, it's now. Spirit of God, breathe on this church. Breathe on us so that we can show the way, so that we can be the light, so that we can be the salt. We're going to sing this again. I want you to make this your prayer. That the Spirit of God would breathe on you today. That He would breathe on you. And He would breathe into you hope. He would breathe into you peace. So that everywhere you go and everyone you talk to, that's what you bring. You bring peace and you bring hope in these troubled times. Let's sing it one more time. Spirit of God. Breathe on your
precious Heavenly Father, we come to you again in the name of your Son, Jesus. We bring before you the needs of our church family that have been given to us. And Lord, in your name we pray today. We know that distance means nothing to you. You are our omnipresent Father. And Lord, we just ask right now that you'll reach down and work and move in the life of Rhonda, Lord, as she is suffering. Lord, I ask for your healing power to be extended to her. I lift up Amy and Owen and Ralph. Lord, I know that you are working and moving in the lives of these, your people. And I pray today that they will feel your healing hand. I pray for Pat today that you'll work and move in his situation. I lift up Presley's family. Lord, we're all in such a need today as has already been praying. And Lord, we're looking to you. You are our only help and hope. I lift up Christy's friend, Tiffany. Lord, I pray that you'll comfort her, strengthen her, wrap your arms about her. I lift up Nancy today. As she's going to have surgery on Wednesday. I pray that you'll be with her, guide the surgeons, watch over her, keep her, and protect her. I lift up Maria, Maho, and little Mia. Lord, we give all of these needs to you. We cast our care upon you. You've said to cast our burdens upon you, that you will carry them. We thank you, Lord, for the privilege we have to come before your throne because of the cross, because of the power of the cross. And in the name of Jesus, we ask, Lord, that you will work, that you will move as only you can on behalf of these that we have laid upon at your feet. We thank you, Lord, for your power, for your love, for your mercy your grace and the precious blood of Jesus that avails forever and ever. Praise you. Lord, at this time we lift up the needs that have been coming in through the Facebook Live. Lord, I pray for Bernie's family. But I pray that you would lift them up. Lord, touch her. God, help her as she recovers. Lord, I pray that you would give her a healing touch in her body. Lord, we lift her family up to you. Lord, we pray again for Ralph this morning as he continues to fight his struggle as has been requested. Lord, I pray that you would uh, be with the leadership at the church, Lord, that, that we would make the right decisions, that we would follow the right paths, that we would do the right things. Lord, that we would follow your will. God, I pray that you would make it plain to us the path to take. God, I pray that your hand would be upon us. Lord, I pray for the, for the director of missions, for the Assemblies of God who has come down with COVID-19, who is going through dialysis right now because his kidneys have failed. God, we are asking you to touch him. God, I pray that you would heal him. God, he has given his life 
to the mission field. Lord, I pray that you would touch him and bless him, Lord, for the other missionaries who are battling this disease. God, I pray that your hand would be upon them. God, that you would have your will and your way. God, that your hand would be extended to them, your healing hand. Lord, even as we pray now, go to them. Let your spirit go to them. I thank you for it. But I pray for the remainder of this service that your will would be done. God, bless those who are watching from home. Bless those who need some encouragement. God, I pray before this service is over, if there's someone who needs to come home to you, that they will come home to you. If there's someone who needs healing in their life, that they would be healed. God, if there's someone who needs encouraged, that they would be lifted up today. God, do a work. Even though we're not all together, God, God, we're asking you to still work, to still move stones, to still do miracles. We're believing you for it, God. We trust you. We trust you to do it. I thank you for it. Let's pray together. Pray along at home the prayer that Jesus taught us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen and amen. You may be seated at home on the couch. God is good. God is good. We still want to provide you with the opportunity um, to give. So at this time, if you would have your youngest child pass the plate <laughs> to the rest of the family, uh, I make jokes. Uh, you can still give online uh, or through the Text to Give app. This was going to be Mission Sunday. We were going to give uh, to our missions. I will tell you that we have, this week, we partnered with um, two other churches, King City Christian and Pleasant Hill, um, to provide an offering for Pastor Nordez in Haiti, who runs orphanages. Um, they're going through a really hard time right now. And so we have committed to be a blessing to them. We're also, um, we give to our, our missionaries that we give to every month. But then we also are doing the Haiti thing special. And then um, I believe you're going to be seeing some pictures of, of a work that we're supporting in Pakistan. Um, they have started a Bible school there. Um, and we are doing everything that we can to help them. So, so as you're giving today, think, think about them. Think about the work that they're, they're struggling with. I mean, we complain here because um, we were only find, able to find 12 rolls of toilet paper um, to flush down our indoor plumbing. Um, and in some of these other countries, they have it so much worse. Um, I didn't mean to take it straight to the toilet, but, <laughs> but I did. But uh, so if you could think of them, uh, let's pray. Lord, I thank you for this day. Lord, I pray that you would bless your people as uh, they're obedient and as they give to these missions projects. Lord, I pray that, that we would be a blessing to those um, missionaries. God, as we give our loaves and our fish, that you would take it and you would multiply it to meet the great need. I thank you for it. And in Christ's name we pray. Amen.
Amen. God is good. This is the part of the service where I usually forget to send the children's shirt, the children to children's church. So I'm going to go ahead and do that. Uh, no children are here this morning. Uh, if you do uh, hear some amens at home, don't be alarmed. It's just the worship team uh, that has gathered, uh, and I ask them to stay. They are practicing social distancing. They are spreading out. But uh, so I'm going to be preaching hard at them. They need it the most anyway. <laughs> there you go. They're the ones that need to get saved the most. No. This is, this is, this is a little awkward. So um, if you're at home, I'm not going to look at the camera. I'm going to try not to look at the camera because that's, I'm, I don't want to be a televangelist. I'm not going to ask you to touch the TV screen and then I'm going to reach out. And uh, I'm going to look at the, the few people that are here uh, because it's awkward and uncomfortable as it is. But I hope that I have a message today that will bless you. Um, it's definitely different. Um, I want to thank you, though, for tuning in uh, this morning with us and worshiping with us. I thank the worship band um, for, um, for the great job they did. I'd ask you to give them a hand, but it's only worship band here. Um, and it would be the loudest ovation, yeah, that this church has ever given as they clap for themselves. <laughs> but thank you. Um, for tuning in, I hope that you find some strength, or some, some joy, some peace um, in, this, uh, in this broadcast, this Facebook Live service. Um, we are definitely living in uncertain times. I was talking to Pastor Sharon this morning, and I was saying, I don't ever remember anything like this. Um, I remember other diseases and stuff, but I don't ever remember times like this where cities were shut down and where things were shut down. So these are uncertain times. Um, I want to just re remind us of a few passages this morning. Um, first one's in 2 Timothy 1-7, and I'm sure every um, preacher on Facebook Live is preaching from this this morning, um, but I'm going to mention it just because it's so good. For God gave us a spirit, not of fear, but of power and love and self-control. God gives us a spirit, not of fear, but of power and of love and self-control. We thank the Lord that he hasn't given us a spirit of fear. When you feel fear rising up in you and panic rising up in you, that is not the spirit of God. We, just like we talk about all the time when you feel hatred rising up and resentment rising up, that's not God. And when you feel fear and panic rising up in you, that is not the spirit from God. God has given us a spirit of, not of fear, but of power and of love and self-control. Some of us need to practice this self-control when we're buying Clorox wipes and hand sanitizer and toilet paper. God has given us not a spirit of fear, but of power and love and self-control. I mean, really, what are we going to do with all of this toilet paper? The people who are just buying... I really don't want to know, but, but, but why so much? I was able to find two 12-packs the other day, and I felt like I had gold. God has not given us a spirit of fear, but a spirit of power and of love and self-control. Um, 1 John 4.18 says, There is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear. 
For fear has to do with punishment. And whoever fears has not been perfected in love. Insomuch that you are living your life under a cloud of fear, you have not been perfected in love. Now I know there are, there are, there are times when fear serves us well, right? If a car's speeding down the road and we're out in the middle of the road, fear tells us get out of the road. A reactionary fear. But living your life under a cloud of fear is not the way that God has called us to. It's not the life that God has called us to. My, um, my cousin, Jonathan Garlock, posted something on Twitter that I thought was very fitting. And he said, in, in these uh, third world countries, they're living under these conditions all the time. But when it happens to us, we think there's some great prophetic um, meaning to it because it's happening to us. And he said, he said, we are not the prophetic center of the universe. Just because some lack and some, some hard times have come to us, the rest of the world, or a lot of the world's been dealing with this kind of life for a long time, living in uh, uh, for fear of their lives and, and for shortage of supplies, shortage of food. We can get through this, but we can't live in fear. We can't live in a constant state of fear. Uh, let me tell you, you are not being punished by God. The United States is not being punished by God. The world is not being punished. That comes from a spirit of fear. What did I just read to you? Perfect love casts out fear, for fear has to do with punishment. And whoever fears has not been perfected in love. Perfect love, Jesus, casts out all fear. God is love. And God is love, so he does not bring fear. Fear is for punishment. Well, then why are these bad things happening? Well, bad things happen. Sometimes. But in those times, we can look to the Lord. Uh, uh, Paul tells us that God works all things together for good. He doesn't say all things are good. That God works all things, everything that happens, bad things that happen. If we turn them over to God, it doesn't make the, that thing good. It just God can somehow turn that situation and make it be good. What the enemy has meant for evil, God will turn for good. So I want to read to you from uh, Jeremiah 17. So that was just kind of intro Jeremiah 17, 7 and 8 says, But blessed are those who trust in the Lord and have made the Lord their hope and confidence. They are like trees planted along a riverbank with roots that reach deep into the water. Such trees are not bothered by heat or worried by long months of drought. Their leaves stay green and they never stop producing fruit. It's an amazing scripture found in Jeremiah. And so my first point to you this morning is trust in the Lord. Blessed are those who trust in the Lord and have made the Lord their hope and confidence. Trust in the Lord. The Lord is our hope and confidence. Yes, we need to follow the advice of our medical community and of our leaders. And they're doing the Lord's work. The, the medical community. They are healers among us. They are trying to, to end disease. They are trying to bring about the end of disease. 
And a big thank you to them and, and everyone who works in that field, the first responders, the nurses and the doctors we prayed for earlier, the ones on the front lines uh, trying to come up with vaccines to diseases. And we're thankful for them and we, we listen to them. But our hope and our trust is in the Lord. We have a measure of hope in them. We have a measure of trust in them. But our hope and our trust is in the Lord. My hope is in the Lord. Not in a politician. I'm not looking for a politician to save me. And if you are, I'm sorry. It's not going to happen. My hope and my trust is in the Lord. Our hope and confidence is not in Hollywood. Our hope and confidence is not in Washington, D.C. Our hope and confidence is in the Lord. Our hope and confidence is not in the 80 jars of peanut butter that we hoarded and, and have in our cupboard now. It's not in the thousand rolls of toilet paper that's going to last us the rest of our lives. Our hope is in the Lord. It is not in what you were able to scratch and claw your, and get away from Walmart or Sam's Club. Your hope is in the Lord. Your hope and your trust is in the Lord. Our confidence should be in the Lord. He has, what he has brought us through already and what he will bring us through again. He's promised that he will never leave our side, that he will never leave us nor forsake us. And he's not going to do it now. These are different times. We have not experienced these times. But the Lord is not surprised by anything. We say that all the time when we say, you know, just because you've sinned, it doesn't mean that God goes, oh, no. They can never be forgiven now. No, God's not surprised. And he's not surprised by you. And he's not surprised by anything that happens. Our hope and our trust and our confidence need to be in him. He will never leave you. He will never forsake you. Trust in him. Put your hope in him. Put your, hands, put your life in his hands just like Jesus did. He entrusted himself to him, Peter tells us. We know in the garden he said, not my will, but thine be done. So that's my first point, is trust in the Lord. And my second point is more in the form of a question. I'm going to read, I'm going to read this to you again, the, the second half of this verse. A river, um, they are like trees planted along a riverbank with roots that reach deep into the water. Such trees are not bothered by the heat or worried by long months of drought. Their leaves stay green, and they never stop producing fruit. They are planted by the water. What are you planted next to? What are you planting yourself next to? Especially in these times. Are you 24-hour news cycle? Are you watching your favorite politically-leaning news What are you planting yourself next to? What are, you, what are your roots digging into? Is it fear? Again, we should follow and we should listen to the guidelines put out before us. I'm not saying that we shouldn't. That's not what I'm saying. Please don't mishear me. But what are you grounded in? What is your life grounded in? Are you grounded in Christ? Because if you're grounded in Christ, even in these troubled times, you'll produce fruit. Because if you are grounded in Christ, the, the, the drought, even in the drought, you'll produce green leaves. Even through the hard times, you will produce fruit. What are we planted next to? Times like these, it's good to do some self-evaluation. 
What do we turn to in hard times? What have you planted next to? What are you turning to? What are we grabbing? Some people are planted next to their political views. We use times like these to rage against our opponents on the other side of the aisle. Some of us are planted firmly in our um, denominational groups. We use times like these to rage against other denominations. Oh, I can't believe they canceled church. Who are they going to listen to, God or man? First of all, I don't think that the government is trying to persecute us and shut churches down. They've shut down everything, casinos, bars, uh, restaurants, everything. I don't think this is a persecution against the church. I think they're just asking people to use common sense at this time. And as church, we should be leaders in that. As a church, we should be leaders in that. What are we planted next to? Are we planted next to our political views? Some people plant next to their bottle or their vices. Oftentimes, uh, crisis brings out the worst in us. We turn to, to, to our own vices to numb the pain. I have found myself standing in front of my pantry looking for something good to eat more in the last couple weeks than I typically do. I mean, I know those of you in here are looking at me and those of you at home are thinking, you look like you always stand in front of the pantry and never leave. Well, just, just understand that the camera adds 10 pounds. <laughs> and no, there's only one pointed at me right now. But what are we turning to right now? What are we clinging to right now in these hard times? What, when, when difficult times come, what do we turn to? I'm, I've been comfort eating. And sometimes in difficult times, we turn back to our vices. We turn back to and hold on to the things that we have overcome sometimes in difficult times. Sometimes we put a hold on the work that God is doing in our life and say, I just can't deal right now. When difficult times come, not just this, not just, I'm not just talking about what's facing the world right now, but sometimes in our own life, uh, different circumstances rise up and we just say things like, I just can't deal. I got, I, I can't do, God, I, I, I'm sorry, God, you're getting put on the back burner. I encourage you at this time, at this difficult time, not to do that. Don't turn to other things to try to numb the pain. Turn to God. Turn to him. Look at the verse we read. It says, they never stop producing fruit. They never stop producing fruit. How is this possible? How can they in troubled times keep their leaves green and produce fruit in droughts? When I can't even keep my witness when somebody cuts me off in traffic. Or when somebody grabs the last roll of Charmin. I don't know about you all, but I'm an Angelsoft guy. You can't find Angelsoft anywhere. So if any of you watching via Facebook Live, <laughs> I'm sorry. I apologize to my parents. And to everyone in attendance and who's watching. They never stop producing fruit. How do they make it through long months of drought? They stay connected to the source. That's how. 
And it's not just in the good times when they pull from their deep roots. Because when it's raining, they don't have to pull from those deep roots. It's when the droughts come that you've got to pull from those deep roots, that deep faith. The foundation that you have built your life upon that Jesus talked about. The wise man built his house upon a rock. What is your life built upon? Is it built upon Jesus Christ? Or is it built upon the stock market? Because if it is built upon the stock market right now, you're pretty fearful. What is your life built on? Where is your hope? Where is your trust? Where is your confidence? It needs to be rooted in Christ. We need to stay connected to the source. It's during times of drought that the connection is so vital. Times that we are facing right now call for us to stay connected to the source, to stay connected to our supply. What wells are you going to to draw from right now? Where are you drawing strength from? What are you turning to and looking to? I would encourage you to turn to Jesus. I encourage you to turn to the one who has the answer. I encourage you to turn to Jesus Christ. What wells are you going to? It's important what you're planted next to. It's important. It's important. And important. I'm talking really fast. It's important what you plant yourself next to. Pastor Walker talked last week about who you plant yourself next to, who you're letting speak into your life. That's important to who you let speak into your life. And if it's only news media that you're letting speak into your life, then that's not good. You need, to, you need to plant yourself next to the wells, the wells of Christ. Amen. Amen. Luke 13. I'm moving right along. We were going to try to keep this to an hour, and it looks like we might, if I can just behave. Luke 13, uh, 2 through 9. Do you think those Galileans were worse sinners than all the other people from Galilee, Jesus asked? Is that why they suffered? Not at all. And you will perish too unless you repent of your sins and turn to God. And what about the 18 people who died when the tower and uh, Salome fell on them? Were they the worst sinners in Jerusalem? No. And I tell you again that unless you repent, you will perish too. Then Jesus told the story. A man planted a fig tree in his garden and came again and again to see if there was any fruit on it. But he was always disappointed. Finally, he said to his gardener, I've waited three years and there hasn't been a single fig. Cut it down. It's just taking up space in the garden. The gardener answered, sir, give it one more chance. Leave it another year and I'll give it special attention and plenty of fertilizer. If we get figs next year, fine. If not, then you can cut it down. Luke 13, 2 through 9. In these passages of scripture, Jesus makes a point about some events that had taken place, about some tragedies that had happened. And he said, were these people bad people? That's why it happened to him? He said, no. And it reminds me a little bit of when the disciples said to him, Jesus, who sinned, this blind man or his parents? And Jesus said, neither, but so that God can be glorified in it. Now, God, I don't think that God... I do not believe that God made that man live his life blind from birth just so God could show off. 
But I think that God takes uh, the, the disappointments in our life. He takes the, the bad things in our life and he will use them. If we turn them over to him, he can use them to strengthen us. He doesn't cause them and he doesn't bring them. But if we give them to him, he can use them. And it was in this climate that Jesus then tells this parable. The parable doesn't, it seems to not fit with the story. But it's important to understand uh, the climate that he was telling the parable in. And I believe that he did that, or at least this is what I'm taking out of it today. That there is something about the ground of uncertainty that is fertile ground for growth. Not that God causes calamity to make you grow, but in the fact that calamity is sometimes inevitable, God can use it to bring light out of darkness in life from death. Under the worst circumstances is very often the most opportunity to grow. Under the worst of times is very often the most opportunity for you to grow in your faith. He talked about this fig tree that was planted. And then, and then the, the guy who was tending it said, no, let me give it some fertilizer. Let me tend to the garden. Let me tend to it a little bit and see if we can get some figs. Now, I, in the, in the first place, would have never planted a fig tree. I don't like figs. I was, had some fig Newtons forced on me <laughs> at some point, and they were disgusting. But... I believe that in the worst times, it is the most fertile ground for your growth. Because that's when character can be built. And that's when character can come through. Where there is, when there's chaos and confusion all around, it's time for you to be tilling your garden. Fertilizing your garden. It's not time to be spouting things like, this is God's punishment. It's not time to be saying things like, who sinned? Him or his parents. It's not time to be saying, uh, those are the worst sinners in the world. That's why the tower fell on them. It's not time for that. It is time for spiritual growth. In these troubled times, we can either grow or we can become fruitless. We will either take to the soil and become productive producing fruit, or we become useless to the work of the kingdom of God. We either build up or we tear down. In these times we find ourselves in, what is, it, what is it that's coming out of you? Are you building or are you destroying? Some of us have been saved a lot longer than three years and no figs to be found anywhere. How many times has the master looked at us disappointed? That's what the scripture says. He came back and was disappointed that it had been three years and still no fruit. Three years and still no production. Three years and they're still talking that way to their wife. Three years and they're still treating their uh, co-workers the same way. Three years and they're still gossiping and complaining all the time. Three years and they still won't trust God. Three years and they still won't put their faith in Him. It's time to bear fruit, even in these troubled times, even in these dark times. We don't get to put a pause on a pause button and say, well, 
there's just too much going on. Life's too hard. I just can't bear fruit. And we often think that, that bearing fruit means having a huge ministry or having a big Twitter, uh, being a big Twitter preacher and having a big following on there. I don't think that's, I mean, I think that's part of bearing fruit. Ministries bear fruit, yes. But on an individual level, what is bearing fruit? Being a good neighbor. Jesus said, who was a neighbor to the man? And the lawyer said, well, the one who showed him mercy. And Jesus said, go and do likewise. Bearing fruit is showing mercy to people, being kind to people in these times. Being loving to people in these times. Just because the church doors are closed doesn't mean you, have to, you can stop bearing fruit. We still need to bear fruit. Bearing fruit is keeping ourselves connected to the vine and showing mercy to our neighbors. Bearing fruit at this time means uh, checking in with others while maintaining a safe distance. It's being considerate of others. It's not buying all the Lysol or the Germex. It's checking in on those you know who are struggling to pay the bills. It's offering a helping hand. It's finding someone struggling uh, on the side of the road and, and not being like uh, the two that passed him by, saying, hey, I've got my own problems. I've got my own worries. I've got my own hands to Germex. It's being considerate of others. You may only have one roll of TP left. You can spare a few squares. <laughs> oh, forgive me. You can't spare a square? But forget TP. Food. Canned goods. This is a time where everyone is scared and frightened about the, the future. The church should be the calming force we shouldn't be out here throwing gasoline on the fire. We should be a calming force. We should lift people up. John 15, 1 through 8. says, I am the true grapevine, and my father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch of mine that doesn't produce fruit. And he prunes the branches that do bear fruit, so they will produce even more. You have already been pruned and purified by the message I have given you. Remain in me, and I will remain in you. For a branch cannot produce fruit if it is severed from the vine. And you cannot be fruitful unless you remain in me. Yes, I am the vine and you are the branches. Those who remain in me and I in them will produce much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. Anyone who does not remain in me is thrown away like a useless branch and withers. Such branches are gathered into a pile to be burned. If you, fifth time, remain in me. And my words remain in you. You may ask for anything you want and it will be granted. When you produce much fruit, you are my true disciples. This brings great glory to my Father. Five times in these eight verses, he says, remain in me. He's talking to his disciples. This is after the Last Supper. They are about to, to go through the hardest times of their life. They are about to face fear that they have never faced. Everyone's about to abandon Jesus. Their world is about to be turned upside down. They're about to practice some of their own social distancing. 
They locked themselves behind the door. They were under lockdown. Come on, you're supposed to laugh at that. That's supposed to be a joke. They they were so scared that Jesus had to walk through the door to get to them. They're about to face fear that they've never faced, a world that they have never faced. And he says, remain in me over and over. We get so caught up in worrying about producing fruit and what kind of fruit and, and, and what does a fruitful life look like that we forget the most important job of the branch is to cling to the vine. The most important thing that the branch can do is cling to the vine. The branches on a grapevine don't get together and have uh, grape producing planning meetings. How can we make bigger grapes? How can we make grapes with no seeds? How can we make grapes that don't make people's face turn sour when they eat them? They don't. They get everything from the vine. They get all of their sustenance, all of their instruction, all of their direction comes from the vine. The number one thing that a branch can do is cling to the vine. And I encourage you, River Church, in these troubled times, the number one thing that you can do is cling to the vine. Cling to Jesus. Cling to Jesus. Look to Him for your help. Look to Him for your strength. Cling to Him. Don't let go of Him. I already said this, but, I'm a, but I probably wrote it better than I just ad-libbed. The branches on a grapevine don't have strategy meetings on how to make grapes. They just cling to the vine, and it supplies all they need. If you remain in Christ, he says, I will remain in you. And if you cling to him and his words, he, he, that's what he said there, you cling to me and my words. Well, what are, what are his words? They're, in, they're written down for us. Cling to him. Cling to me and my words, and I will remain in you. If, if you can cling to that vine and he remains in you, that will produce a life of fruit in you. Yes, there, is, there are times that we, in, we, we intentionally produce fruit. There are times that we do it with intention. But when you're clinging to him and he's in you and you see somebody in need, or you hear about somebody in need, you can't sleep until you see to that need. It becomes your need. That's what I love about this church. I was contacted by probably five or six different people uh, separately this week about how are we going to meet the needs of certain people. Have you heard about anybody that needs this? Have you heard about anybody that needs that? I got so many texts and phone calls. What can we do for the restaurant workers who are, whose hours are cut? What can we do for the school kids who are counting on those meals? What can we do for the families who can't pay their bills and don't have food? And because so many of you are clinging to the vine, that fruit is coming out of you. That fruit will just come out of you if you will just cling to the vine. Because you're clinging to the vine, you're concerned about everyone else. The vine has many branches, not just you. So if you find yourself not concerned about the other branches, but only concerned about your cupboard and your pantry, then you might want to cling a little harder to the vine. 
not harder to your grapes. Cling to the vine. The fruit are for other people. The fruit that is produced in you is not for you. Cling to the vine, not to the fruit. The fruit is to give out. The fruit that you produce is to give out. Cling to the vine. And if you find yourself not concerned about anybody else, and only you, you're clinging to the wrong thing. You're clinging to the wrong things. Cling to the vine. Being connected to the vine keeps you in eyesight of other branches. You become concerned about the rest of the grapevine. Oh, man. I'm sorry, the song, Heard It Through the Grapevine, just started going. That was an unintended consequence. Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> okay, I need to get back on track. You become concerned about the rest of the grapevine. Cling to the vine. In these troubled times, cling to that vine. Cling to Jesus. If you haven't got it by now, Jesus is the vine. His word is the vine. Cling to him in these times. So I'm going to go over my points, and then we're going to have a closing prayer, and the band's going to come back up. They can come back up now. And we're going to end with a song so that the last thing you hear on Facebook Live is not me. But I encourage you this week to trust in the Lord. Put your trust in the Lord. Put your trust in Him. I encourage you to be mindful of what you're planted next to. What, what, are, what, what are you let, letting speak into you? What are you uh, letting feed your soul right now? I encourage you to use this time to cultivate your spiritual life. Read the scriptures. There, I just whistled. Listen to sermons. Read a history book. Read about some of the things that have happened in the past so that we won't repeat them. Take this time to cultivate your spiritual life. And the fourth thing... Cling to Jesus. Cling to Jesus, not to things. Not to the stock market. Not to your checkbook. Cling to Jesus. Cling to Jesus at this time and you will continue to bear fruit. Let's pray. Lord, I thank you for this day. I thank you um, for your scripture. I thank you for the guidance that you give to us through it. Lord, I pray that, Lord, that this week that we would trust you. God, help us this week to trust you. God, help us this week to be careful what we plant ourselves next to. Help us to be careful what we let speak into our lives. Help us to cultivate our spiritual um, life and our spiritual growth at this time. Help us to to reflect on, help us to do some self-evaluation on how we live and what we do with these times. Help us to grow closer to our family, Lord, at this time as as many of us are are, uh, housebound. God, I pray that you would use this time. God, I pray that if we, as we give it over to you, Lord, that we would grow spiritually through this time. And Lord, I pray that we would cling to you like never before. That we would, that we would cling to Jesus. That we would cling to his teachings, cling to his word. We would spend time in prayer. Help us, Lord, at this time to cling only to you. I thank you for it. We ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Before we end with a song, I would encourage you today... As you share a meal with your family or if you are at home by yourself, to take that time to remember the Lord's Supper. We normally take the Lord's Supper together every week.
I encourage you to read from 1 Corinthians, the 11th chapter, beginning with verse 23. Read the, read, read the words of Paul. And then as you partake and as you break bread together and as you share the cup together, pray over it and bless it. And use this as a time to have communion with your family. Or if you're alone, to have communion with the Lord. Take this time as you eat your meal today to share communion with one another. Amen. Amen. Bless you to the Facebook Live online community. Bless you to those who are here. We pray a blessing over you. Um, you will be hearing from us throughout the week. We're, we will share some videos, maybe some um, words of encouragement throughout the week. And then we'll meet back together next Sunday at 10 a.m. on Facebook Live. Not at the church, on Facebook Live. Amen. God bless you all. Hallelujah. 
never 